Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Cavalry Audio. I'm Clint Emerson, and welcome to season two of Can You Survive This Podcast, where the interview is just as dangerous as the scenarios I put my guests through. From hostage situations to natural disasters, carjackings, active shooters, and more, if you're looking for the skills necessary to survive these situations, then this is the show for you. Thank you for listening to another episode of Can You Survive This Podcast. And today we got some unique guests. We have Keith Stein and Brittany Butler of an interesting product. This is a legal psychedelic for mood boosting, hangover free fun. And they are from Psychedelic Water. Keith, Brittany, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Awesome. Where are you guys located? Brittany's in San Diego and I'm in Toronto, Canada. Nice. All right. So a little, we all have varying degrees of weather today. I'm in Dallas and it's like windy and cold. I don't know where, what it's like where you guys are. I'm sure San Diego, I can assume it's beautiful as usual. <laughs> it was a cold a couple of days ago, but it's back to being warm again. So it's nice. good. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's about 50 degrees here, Clint. So it's Dallas. <laughs> it's not San Diego in Toronto. <laughs> all right. You and I are hanging out in the same temperature, even though we're opposite ends of North America. Um, yeah, I'm Brittany spoiled Although, oh, out there. There's a rumor that Joe Rogan's going to move here next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Texas has become pretty popular, and we have we, it's so popular that people are wearing T-shirts that say "Don't California my Texas." <laughs> this is a big influx coming in. So uh, you know, as usual, we're going to start with a little rapid fire. You guys can fight over the answers, which will make it fun. Um, I give you two choices. You pick one, and then we'll circle back around and kind of go through the why. And a lot of times, the choices I put on here are on purpose, so that it leads to some fun discussion. All right? So, are you ready? Yep. All right. Fire or water? I'll go first. Water, because we're psychedelic water. <laughs> water. <laughs> yeah, I assume so. I mean, that, and we're starting out easy, all right? All right. Uh, earth or Air. earth yeah i guess keith's gonna go with the same i see a yep. head nodding okay yep. 
All right. And then uh, we've got uh, roll it or bong it. You go first, Britt. <laughs> roll it. <laughs> roll it. I, I'm, I'm going to answer it. I, I know I'm deviating from your format here, but I'm going to say <laughs> now that we have psychedelic water, I'm going to say drink it. Drink it. Yes. I figured there'd be something like that. All right. So we got the roll it and we got the drink it. All right. That's fair. I like it. Um, yeah, this kind of leads to, uh, this kind of, yeah, you'll get this one. I think, um, the big Lebowski or the hangover. I'm all over, all over hangover. I love hangover. I've seen it like (laughs) 50 times. Hangover, hangover two and three, not so much, but hangover one. Yeah. Hang out of 10. Yeah. What's Brittany going with? I really like the big Lebowski. <laughs> well, we got split on that. All right. We'll circle back around to it. Okay. And then uh, a greasy burger or two aspirin? <laughs> burger. I'm going to say, you know something? I actually think that greasy burger could be healthier than two aspirin. Yeah. I, that's I, 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 I really, I try to avoid aspirin at all costs. So I'm going to go for the, the greasy burger. Oh, all right. Cool. That leaves us something to talk about. Okay. So, uh, fruit or vegetables? Uh, fruit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fruit, but I'm both, okay. but fruit. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Green, green tea for me. Okay. Uh, yeah. Tea. And, and just so, just so you know, Clint, we do own the trademark psychedelic tea around the world. So, <laughs> come, come, come all right. That's good. You got to, right? Or somebody else will go snag it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Jungle or desert? Jungle. 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 Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. Drive or fly? Fly. 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 Got it. And then sweet or sour? Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's circle back around. I'm sure this will lead to some good stuff here. So we started with fire or water. You guys, of course, have water. Uh, give us an intro on psychedelic water, even though you know we're going to be digging in here pretty soon anyway. So you mentioned, Clint, uh, the world's first legal psychedelic brand of its kind. Uh, we're only available in, in the U.S. right now. We launched in February and the thing went fucking nuts. Uh, we sold out in our first two weeks, sold a million bucks in our first six or seven weeks, and we haven't looked back since. And we think we've tapped into this, this great nerve here. There's so much interest, curiosity around psychedelics, and there's already a constituency that's very dedicated to the movement. So yeah. we, we think in a short time, we've given them something to rally around, um, and we're at the, you know, at the forefront of that psychedelic frontier, and we intend to just keep leading and pushing. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to find out more, and I've got some questions that relate to that as well. Um, next was, what do we got here? Earth or air? You both picked Earth. Is that just because you love Mother Earth, or what do you got? You go, Brittany. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a big nature person. I love to be grounded in the Earth, so I love Earth. And also traveling and exploring new places. Yeah, Sorry. I like that. Keith? Yeah, I would agree with that. And just it just seems they're both pretty fundamental to existence, but Earth seems even more elemental, more, more fundamental. Yeah, I agree. I like uh, I like Mother Earth, and I always tell people you can't outrun Mother Nature. So uh, stop some of the stupid shit you're doing. Yeah. Um, 
All right, then we went into Big Lebowski, and then The Hangover. You guys were split on that one. What's your uh, What's your favorite scenes? We'll start with Brittany. Um, I mean, I love I love the scene where he steps into that really cool mansion, um, and he kind of gets drugged. <laughs> <laughs> that goes okay. hand in hand with today's theme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Keith. Um, I, I would, I, first of all, both classics, yeah. um, but I said hangover because, uh, I was actually thinking about the Mike Tyson scenes and those yeah. are my, those are my favorites. And I also like, I like Tyson because he's a very psychedelic character, not he just is. because of his involvement in cannabis, but just the way he thinks he's a psychedelic thinker. I wish you'd ask the question, big Lebowski or limitless. Oh yeah. That one's oh, a good yeah. one too. They both, star, one. they both star Bradley Cooper. And again, I'm not trying to turn this into a psychedelic water infomercial, but, <laughs> but you're doing a good job. <laughs> but um, when I think of psychedelics, I also think of no limits and I think about just mind expansion. So yeah. I really like, I would also, I would do an addendum and I would mention limitless. Yeah. I wish there was a pill like that, man. I can't imagine. Can't imagine. But uh, yeah, we'll see if your water does the trick once I get some. Um. Okay, so we had uh, the greasy burger going hand in hand with hangovers. Everybody has their own little remedies, but I think the two most popular is like a greasy meal the next morning or two aspirin. You both went with the burger. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan of taking aspirin. So I think food heals all, even if it's greasy, it will heal yourself. So <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, I'm, I'm a uh, pretty anti-carb. I just don't eat a lot of carbs. So I would have that greasy burger, but without the buns. Hope that's not a trick. <laughs> yeah. All right. I like that. Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, here in Texas we have Whataburger, right? And it's oh, like, yeah. it's most of them stay open 24 seven. And I think the biggest lines they have through the drive-thru are around 2 AM because <laughs> yeah. people are trying to get ahead of it. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you. There's something about a greasy burger that uh, makes everything a little better the next day. Um, all right. So I had roll it or bong it. And I think we added one. Uh, Brittany, you said roll it. Is that with experience yes. or, you know, what do you think? Um, I do have experience in rolling, <laughs> rollerblading, roller skating. No. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of herbs, anything that has to do with herbs. And if you can roll it and smoke it. I'm a fan. Do you use like a, one of my friends in high school, man, he used to like use a crisp $20 bill. Is that still a thing? Like you, you kind of use it in coordination with the paper in order to get a tight roll. Have you ever seen that trick or a, a crisp bill of any sort? I guess it doesn't have to be 20 bucks, but <laughs> have you ever seen uh, that? Or do you know anything I, about that? I haven't, but I'm sure that it works. <laughs> yeah. And then we got uh, drink it. Of course, uh, not to be an infomercial, but uh, go, Keith, with your drink it. Just, you know, you know what I hate about um, about marijuana? I hate smoke. So I think it's great now, and I've been really involved in the cannabis industry, and I think it's fantastic. They have all sorts of other options, smokeless options now. Um, so I think, I think um, the fact that we have psychedelic water and other products out there that do not involve smoke, yeah. I'm I'm really big on products that will take you someplace, um, but that don't make you feel shitty in any way. I hate smoke. I hate cigarette smoke, um, and I hate cannabis smoke. 
I'm with you, man. That cigarette smoke, I mean, it was like, it, it's a sure trigger for migraines for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then that's three days of pain in the ass. Um, okay. Yeah, then we got, I'm yeah. old, I, you, you, you're younger, so you don't remember this. You didn't experience, I'm old enough to remember flying on commercial airplanes with people oh. smoking in the smoking section. And you know when you get on a plane and you get off it, you feel shitty just flying for a couple hours in a plane, I find, to recycle there. But can you imagine adding smoke? Thank goodness it doesn't happen anymore. No, yeah. I was a kid on those planes going from Dahran, Saudi Arabia, back to the United States. So it was a long haul, and it didn't matter where you were sitting because the whole thing fills up with smoke. And I was, you know, I was a kid, and it drove me nuts. And that's, I think, where my headaches began. But, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't like smoke. And, uh, I, yeah, I, was, I was sitting next to my father most of those trips, and he was smoking. <laughs> yeah, my mom was the same. Yeah. Total chain smoker. Uh, all right, fruit or vegetables? You both pick fruit, but you like both. But that really was to lead to what different flavors you guys have with the, uh, with the water you got going. Britt, you want to go? Yeah, um, we have two flavors. There's blackberry uh, yuzu, which is super yummy and it's sweetened with monk fruit and the other is hibiscus lime they're both really tasty and then we just came out with a new one um it's orange oolong um and it's one of the best flavors we have out so hmm. can't wait. i can't wait for everyone to try those the ever all of the flavors but yeah really we're excited good. about all those keep we those have at some, the- some other ones coming up Okay, cool. Keep that at the forefront because some of those uh, fruits, I don't know that I know what those are. So we'll make sure we educate everyone. Um, And then we've got, uh, let's see, what was the next one? I think we, uh, those are the three, those are the three flavors, Clint, but yeah, no, I'm a big mushroom guy. Not, you know, everyone thinks magic (laughs) mushrooms. I'm talking about water, but no, but just functional mushrooms are good for you. Everybody knows they should be consuming reishi or lion's mane. There are all sorts of great mushrooms out there that have nothing to do with necessarily being psychedelic or trying to get us you know some sort of psychedelic mindset but um we are coming out with the world's first we think legal microdosing product hmm. it's going to have a completely different flavor profile and mm-hmm. i don't know how much you know about microdosing you probably know a lot um but our microdosing product is going to be comprised of a lot of functional mushrooms and other ingredients that we can't talk about right now because it's quite proprietary and it's just being manufactured we want yeah. to have that you know first to market advantage um, but we're very excited about that yeah dude that sounds pretty cool i'm gonna have to get inside some of this stuff i've heard a lot about it haven't done it but we'll dig in that in a minute um uh drive or fly i think uh you both pick fly for obvious reasons right just to get um, there get it done yeah and also it's never been more dangerous to drive everyone's texting and is distracted yeah if you ever go to florida for example on the i-95 it's like playing russian roulette it seems sometimes yeah what if they're uh what if they're well we'll get into it in a second i was gonna say what if they've got psychedelic water and they're driving (laughs) we'll get into it yeah (laughs) um and then of course uh we've got sweet or sour both went with sweet. I'm with you. Are any of you guys junk food junkies? You have a favorite? I'm not really into desserts and sweets. Oh, that's too bad. You're missing out. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather eat like papaya <laughs> with lime. It's really yummy. Oh, yeah, that's good. Keith, yeah. what about you? I've got a, a really bad sweet tooth, but I yeah. treat 
I try to avoid sugar because it's it's evil, of course. But I love sugar. I love dark chocolate. I'm really, I'll only have we. You know, you asked about fruit or vegetables. My problem with fruit, I love fruit, and yeah. every single day I will have you know a bowl of blackberries and blueberries and strawberries, and I'm always concerned about the sugar content. Um, but so. Yeah, I've got that sweet tooth. I have found some great Oreo cookie substitutes recently. They're only two grams of sugar. They're keto mm. cookies, only two, right. two grams of sugar per cookie, but I'll have maybe one of those every couple of days. So I'm trying to avoid sugar. You're yeah. in good shape. How do you eat sugar if you're in such good shape? I just eat whatever I want and I add extra miles to my run. <laughs> I don't know if that does anything, but it works for me mentally. <laughs> but I, yeah. I have I have my moments where, like, for example, you know, I was trained, I was doing two a day, sometimes three a days before going overseas. And then, uh, and then since I've been back, I've allowed myself to basically just eat whatever, right? Because the whole time I was overseas, it was pretty disciplined with eating and the workouts and everything that came with it. And then, you know, I, I, I totally believe in, Hey, give yourself a week or two to cheat, get it all out of your system and then start back up again. And as long as you do that every now and then it makes you appreciate one, the sweets when you do eat it. But it makes you appreciate your workouts and healthy eating even more so because there's a point now when I eat crap, I actually feel it. Whereas if you're eating crap all the time and you feel like crap all the time, you lose sight of that the fact that you actually feel like crap. You know, people don't know how bad they yeah. feel until they start doing something healthy. Um, so anyway, I allow myself to cheat every now and then. And when I do, I go all out. Like since I've been back, it's been nothing but hamburgers and freaking donuts and coffee. And then that'll all stop Monday. So, you know, get it out of my system. More with Keith and Brittany about psychedelic water and its effects after the break. What about vitamins? Are you a big vitamin guy? Yeah, I take uh, I take a lot of Bubs Naturals. Um, they're local here, uh, or actually, they're out there in San Diego, and um, they've they've got a lot of good like MCT type stuff that goes in your coffees. They've got uh, different collagen proteins, and then they've got uh, gummies. And so I kind of rotate between all three, depending on you know, or every day actually. So I like it. Um. All right, so let's get in. We've already kind of touched on the fact that you guys are like have the first psychedelic water. It's carbonated, it's flavored. Um, but to give everybody the background, this whole psychedelic thing, where I'm hearing about it most are from some of my combat veteran buddies who are going to Costa Rica, they're going to Mexico, and they're kind of going through these psychedelic workshops that help um, with PTSD and traumatic brain injury. And basically rewriting neuropathways uh, and opening up other ways uh, so that certain parts of the brain can now can start communicating with other parts of the brain that never communicated before. Um, and they, they believe in it a hundred percent. They go into it skeptical and then they come and then they, and then once they come back, they're totally sold that it is without a doubt uh, a healer. It does so much for everyone, but you know, if you talk, if you go back in history and you look at the the sixties and the seventies, when psychedelic is associated to LSD and hallucinogens and all that, um, you know, so it's, it, it had a bad rap and now it's kind of got a good rap coming. So give me your thoughts with the history and then today, what you're doing. So Clint, if you look at, if you look at cannabis, it, it had 
it has sort of a bad rap too. Yeah. It still does in, 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 you know, among certain people. But I, I think there people have become more enlightened about how beneficial and how constructive cannabis and CBD can be. I, I foresee, and I was, I've been quite involved in cannabis, and I think it's great, um, but I foresee a similar trajectory for psychedelics. The timeline is going to be different, but just like, you know, cannabis 20 years ago and more than, you know, as recently as 10 years ago, and in certain states, certain places around the world, it's still really not completely lawful, but it's emerged, it's largely emerged from that gray area. Psychedelics is not even in the gray area yet. There's a growing wave of decriminalization. Mm-hmm. Legalize, legalization will come, but that's many years down the road. But what you're going to see over the next two to three years, I think, is a great awakening around all, all of the benefits, um, health and mental, that can be derived from psychedelics. I think psychedelics are going to be far more robust and powerful in terms of their impact on helping people and expanding people's minds and just changing the world far more impactful than cannabis. And I'm a a big cannabis advocate. I think cannabis is fabulous, but psychedelics, I think it's the next frontier and it's, it's going to be even far more, far more impactful and exciting. Yeah. So let's go through some from history and then, and then that'll allow us to kind of walk into what you guys are using in psychedelic water. So history, you know, obviously LSD most is the most popular, you know, psychedelic back in its time where it, you know, it, in the past, it kind of had this, uh, or it's maybe it still does this bad reputation. Um, but do you believe that it truly expands consciousness, you know, kind of opens up the mind and allows for, you know, um, creative and all kinds of crazy thoughts that, you know, a lot of, I think, you know, Renaissance type people have kind of given credit to, right? I mean, what are your thoughts on LSD being a hallucinogen, having the bad rap, but, uh, but it also admittedly, um, expanded consciousness, you know, beyond what people can do on their own. Good. You know, I'm a, I'm a lawyer by training, so I'm not going to talk about any of my personal experiences on this podcast, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but I've won a lot of cases, <laughs> but Brittany, Brittany, um, unless she's become a lawyer recently is not one. And she might, she might be comfortable talking about, you know, some firsthand experience to give you some real insight. If, yeah. If, there you go. All right. Well, what, so and Brittany, only if you're comfortable. Yeah. yeah not to put yeah. anybody on the spot, but yeah. So you're, you're only talking about LSD, right? <laughs> or any form factor, I guess, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to expand on. But yeah. for me, being a virgin to all that stuff, right? Um, yeah. You know, I think I tried pot in high school and it did nothing. I was like, whatever, this is overrated. And then, you know, when you're in the Navy of, you know, 20 years, you're not going to be right. doing any of this type of stuff or you're going to be right. booted. So, you know, and now that it's becoming more common, especially more and more like Joe Rogan and a lot of popular podcasters are talking about it and and kind of you know, making it mainstream, right? And so your drink is going to make it mainstream even more so. But what are your experiences with the actual, you know, psychedelic drugs? So um, I'm more familiar with mushrooms and microdosing mushrooms. Um, I believe that it does open up your mind to being creative, to releasing any trauma blockages in you. Um, I've done heavy doses and I've done small doses. I think it's 
best to do small doses in the beginning um, to know what how it affects you. Um, and I feel that a lot of people are so closed off right now, especially with everything going on in the world. Um, when you have something to kind of relieve that is really a beautiful thing and being it's natural coming from the earth it's not um you know chemically made so you know that it is good for you and i don't know if you know the histories about mushrooms how powerful they really are even um medicinal ones um they help with brain function they help with memory um they even give you um energy more than coffee like sustain energy so it really is an amazing, amazing, I guess, vegetable, but I don't even think that it's a vegetable. It's like its own breed. Um, yeah, I think so, it's a, yeah. a fungi, right? I think mushrooms it's a are fungi. like a fungus. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my experience with it has been, uh, well, number one, we went to Bali, right? And uh, mm -hmm. when we're in Bali, everything is mushroom. It's you want a mushroom shake, mushroom omelet, mushroom, mushroom, mushroom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were a bunch of dumb seals and we're like, yeah, I'll take, a, you know, mushrooms in my omelet. And, uh, and then you realize later what they're doing <laughs> is everything yeah. has magic mushrooms in it. Yeah. And uh, some guys had an effect, some guys didn't. But, uh, you know, it was we were we were not educated before we uh, landed there and had no idea what all the mushroom hype was about there. Um, but I was recently, now maybe you can confirm this or not. I was recently hanging out with some SAS SBS guys and you know, your more edible mushrooms that are more dietary that are in a lot of different meals, the, you know, the non magic mushrooms, I guess you can call them. Uh, they, they have this belief that it like totally burns fat um, and I was like, what? I've never heard that mushrooms burn like, you know, they believe it burns like love handles and everything else. <laughs> and, uh, uh -huh. So have you ever heard that? I, I personally haven't heard, but I will start eating more of them if that is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was kind of like, huh, never heard that before. So now let's get into the, the, the mushroom aspect of things. Cause I know that's listed along with like ecstasy. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that fall under psychedelics, but what you guys are doing really doesn't touch any of what we all think of psychedelics. Correct. You know, something when I conceived of this idea about two years ago, Clint, um, <clears throat> I did it because I was interested in what's cannabis 2.0 or 3.0 going to look like. And I thought it's going to look like psychedelics. So I started doing a lot of research. The problem with psychedelics and starting a business around psychedelics is that it's all illegal for the most part, unless you're talking about a handful of countries around the world where it is lawful to sell mushrooms or, or traditional psychedelics, yeah. you can't really establish a, uh, a business model. Right. So I hired a, a food scientist professor from NYU and a formulation company. I said, here's your mandate. I want you to create some psychedelic formulation formulations that are legit psychedelics, but are going to be lawful. Things are good, that could be mainstream products. My goal was to take psychedelics into the mainstream. My thinking was, if you could walk into a corner store or a gas station one day and see a product on the shelf called psychedelic, that was going to be start of the, the start of a demystifying, a destigmatizing process. So that's what we did. And it took us about six months to thread that needle and figure out what are the ingredients we can put into a product. So we're not going to go to jail. 
We're, we're going to help people and yeah. we're going to have a legit psychedelic product. We identified a couple of active ingredients, Cava and, Dem and Damiana principally. Now, some people, there are always haters out there when you're the first, you know, the, the first guy trying to do something. And some yeah. people will call bullshit on us and, and say, what the fuck? Like, where's the psilocybin? Because psilocybin is that, you know, is, is the well-known ingredient um, in, in psychedelics. It's illegal right now. So we make this product as psychedelic as you could possibly get. We push the envelope in every way while still remaining FDA compliant. And we figure out this product that will give you a mind boost. You know, there are MMA fighters now around the world who are using our product and they tell us, they just came to us organically and they said, we work out like animals and it's intense. You know, you're a seal. So you work out hard and you, they want to take something that can take the edge off the workout while they're working out afterwards and they've embraced this product. So we created a product that is not going to melt your face. It's, it's not going to be like traditional <laughs> psychedelic. It's something yeah. you could take any time of day at work or after work. You will feel something because CAVA is technically considered a psychedelic. It's psychoactive, our product, but it's non-hallucinogenic. So you were asking me before, could you drive and consume this product? We definitely recommend against that. Do not do that. But our product will not reduce mental acuity in any way. You can have a glass of wine or smoke a joint, and there's going to be a bit of impairment. Our product is going to give you, we think, a superior effect but you're not going to get that loss of acuity in any mental acuity in any way or awareness. And plus it's hangover free. So we think we've just caught some lightning in a bottle here, something that's, that's really unique and, and fantastic. Wow. That's interesting. Cause I thought for sure you're going to tell me that yes, you can drink and drive with it. You're just re recommending not to, but so that makes it even sexier to me because you're basically getting behind a product that without a doubt has, uh, those positive effects. We're not going to say negative, but it's to the point where, Hey, to be safe, you probably shouldn't drive, right? Well, for sure. You shouldn't drive. You shouldn't do any of those things you, you do when you take any type of similar product. And we have all sorts of warnings on our website, on our product. First, you have to have those things, but you know something, our product is mainly about chilling, feeling better, relaxing. A lot of people take it because it just calms them down and makes them feel better. We've had for some reason, this constituency of young females who suffer from anxiety have reached out to us. Many, many of these uh, of these females have said, to, told us how this product has really helped them with their anxiety. We didn't, we never expected that. When we launched this product, we thought, okay, this is something you're going to a festival, you're going to a club, you're hanging out with friends. We thought of it as a social product, but all these different applications for the product have arisen organically and we're not making any claims or promises, but we know that we're onto something that's really helping people. Yeah, no doubt. It sounds pretty cool. Now, what are the, what are the top, I don't know, I'm sure you got a bunch, but what are the top five positive things someone's going to get out of drinking psychedelic water? Britt and I can both sort of collaborate in that answer, but first off, let's talk about what they're not going to get just a repeat. They're not yeah. going to get a hangover. They're not yeah. going to lose mental awareness. They're not going to get a sugar high because we're low sugar or no sugar. We yeah. have almost no sugar in our, our product. We're monk fruit sweetened. We're vegan and GMO, you know, very healthy product. Millennials in particular, that's a big, and I hate talking about categories of people, but we are in the CPG business. So we have been focused on that millennial demographic and that group is turning away from booze. They realize 
that is just not healthy um, and they want to stay on their game. Uh, so we created this product that we think is for people who want to continue to be productive, who want to be fit, healthy, both mentally and, and physically, and consume something that is going to make them feel better. Some people say they get a body high. Some people say they get a, this mood boost, so a, a sort of mental high. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are so, so those are two things that we hear all the time, and relaxation is part of that mix. But I'll let Britt. Britt uh, probably consumes the product um, more than anybody <laughs> right now. So Britt, what's been your personal experience with psychedelic? Um, every time I drink it, um, I've been, before I go to concerts or going to a social setting, instead of drinking, I take this, I drink, I drink this product mm-hmm. and it really helps relax me because I mm-hmm. suffer from anxiety, um, when I get into big groups and recently more lately and finding this product and drinking, it really helps me balance out and kind of relaxes me. So it settles my stomach. It settles my nerves. Wow. Um, yeah. It's really huh. pro- powerful. Um, when you drink it, it hits your tongue and from the kava, it starts a like a tingling effect. So you automatically feel something working like, like it is a, something in there working. That is a psychedelic blend. Yeah. 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 So it's a, it's a bump above caffeine. It's under probably alcohol and giving you different experience from either, either one of those, like I would say categories of beverages you can choose from. Right. I I have, I have a four-year-old son and a French Canadian wife before I go home, just before I walk in that door, (laughs) I drink drink some psychedelic water to get (laughs) in. Oh, that's awesome. Um, okay. So, you know, let's talk about some of you, uh, you've got, uh, I'm seeing some of your successes already here, which is pretty cool. And congratulations. You guys have been on some noteworthy places, Yahoo, Vice, Business Insider, Financial Post, uh, 10 million views on TikTok. Is that, is that, that's a lot of freaking views. What was your most popular? What, what, what went, what kind of went high order over on TikTok for you guys? Was it like a, just a, a little promo or? There have been thousands of videos because this thing has gone viral. And I want you, to, when you see the product, you'll, you'll understand this next point, but maybe Britt can show the can. So yeah, every, let's take a every, look here. So it's a pretty cool can. It's the yeah. only, it's the only holographic packaging of its kind that we're aware of. So when we went to market, I said, we are not launching this product unless every single thing we do here is original and one of a kind. So the formulation, nobody else in the world has a formulation like this, the first psychedelic brand of its kind. Um, and I said, also the packaging, I don't want to look like anything else out there. So when we launched this, people were posting videos of the can because it's just so different looking. Um, mm-hmm. When we launched Clint in our first week, we weren't even on TikTok yet. So uh, one person did a video about our product and then things went nuts. And about a week later, we had 20,000 followers on TikTok and it's kept growing ever since. Uh, so we, we, we just had this great organic response. Um, but, uh, you know, when we, when I started, started the company two years ago, um, I couldn't believe that I was able to get these trademarks for, to own categories. We're creating a new category here with psychedelic water and to actually own the trademark. I think, you know, decades ago when they started Red Bull or Monster, 
if somebody actually owned the energy, the word energy. Well, we own that word psychedelic. And we're not doing that. We're not, I'm not boasting about that because we want to lord over this 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 sector or or the psychedelic space. But it just it does give us a real advantage and it gives us the ability to be this leader in, in the psychedelic space. We think we've got a billion dollar brand here. The company has to just grow into it and it will. You're you're talking to us seven or eight months in, you know in, into our, our our launch phase. This yeah. will be a multi-billion dollar company in the future, I believe, Clint. So you're gonna you're gonna say, I remember when I met that weird guy from Toronto. And the really smart lady from San Diego. You say, holy shit. He said he was going to do something. And look what's happened. Want to learn more about a carbonated flavored psychedelic drink? Stay tuned. Yeah, I, well, I mean, from my little experience in... You know, what I've heard my buddies say about psychedelics, the popularity, whether it's on podcasts or the little splash or hint you get in the news from time to time as it relates to psychedelics and mental health. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. I think you're on to something without a doubt. And the fact that this water kind of is reducing anxiety and making people feel good and it's not alcohol and it's not caffeine and it's natural to the earth. yeah, I don't see where you could go wrong unless there's some crazy weird. Now, is there any long term that, that you know about the kava root or what is the other? What's the other leaf? Uh, Damiana. Yeah. Is there any? Do you guys know any studies of any long term stuff with that? All sorts of studies, and I always say consult a medical professional because I know shit about it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, um, and that's fair enough. And that's the attorney in you speaking. I like it. I wanted to um, talk to you about Navy SEALs and psychedelics more, though, because that's an interesting area. See, what we're, you're a psychedelic guy, Clint, I believe. I, I barely know you, but you're curious. You're open-minded. We believe that you can be a psychedelic person whether, you ever have, whether you've tried psychedelics or not, right? There's something we talk about. The ethos of this company is really built on promoting a psychedelic state of mind. You know, Steve, Steve Jobs was a psychedelic thinker. He, he actually used psychedelics, but even if he didn't, that guy was a psychedelic thinker. He was a groundbreaker, a maverick. Um, Billy Eilish is a psychedelic person. There's a whole spectrum of people, and you know them when you see them. You come across them all the time. People who are creators, open-minded, rule breakers. We, we want to support those people and that way of thinking. We're... we're I'm more interested in promoting a psychedelic state of mind than any particular product. We're also interested in promoting legal change. So we talked, touched on what's happening with decriminalization. Starting in 2022, we're going to be working with American politicians and leaders, um, and we're going to try to affect some positive change. Somebody needs to be push, pushing this needle, and we're going, to be, we're going to be doing it very aggressively. Because we think the laws just make no sense. You talk to anyone under the age of 30, the vast majority of them have tried psychedelics, have tried mushrooms, are thinking about dabbling or or experimenting. So it makes no sense that we live in this world where there's this complete disconnect between the legal landscape and what's happening on the ground. Wherever you are at in Dallas, if you wanted to have mushrooms delivered to your door in the next 30 minutes, you probably could do it. So we, we, we have these 
two realities that need to be reconciled. So we'll be we'll be pushing for legal change in the new year. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's I think you're like I said, you're onto something and you had you had me with rule breaking. I like that. Yes. Rule breaking. <laughs> about it. Um, all right. So the can you just mentioned, it's kind of hologram ish. Is that is that what I gather here? It's hard to see on here. Can you hold that a little Sorry. closer? Yeah, yeah, let's see what you got. OK, so so, you know, I, the psychedelic world, you know, if you Google it, it's broken into categories because of its popularity over the years, decades. So you have, you know, psychedelic art you have, which is obviously this can is modeled after that. You have psychedelic music, which was uh, popular, you know, what, just a couple of decades ago. Um, so, I mean, you've got the full, almost what I would call the psychedelic lifestyle that you're pushing, right? I mean, that's that's what I'm gathering here because you got an, the can is the art. You've got the ingredient that uh, really lends to a new lifestyle. Um, but I'm curious, like once you push through laws and you really make this mainstream, where does it sit on the shelf? Does it, does it sit with alcohol um, or does it sit, you know, next to, uh, you know, Coca-Cola? Excellent question. Um, we, and we think about that question a lot right now because people ask us, where do we put, because, you know, we just rolled, just started. We're, we're testing the waters in retail, because we want to do everything very strategically and carefully. So only a few weeks ago, we rolled out in 300 stores in, in LA just to you know, see what sort of response we're getting and how to merchandise and, and market. Um, we're still figuring that out and retailers are figuring it out because we're brand new. There's nothing like this product. We're not alcohol and we're not energy. We're not cola. Um, so that's going to be figured out. We might even create our own stands in stores. You know, by the end of next year, when we're in probably three or 4,000 stores, we're, we're going to have a great infrastructure out there and we will know exactly where, where we stand. Um, you know, we, we're creating a product here and, and you mentioned lifestyle and uh, that's something we're, we're really interested in doing, being more than just a product. But ultimately psilocybin, as I said, will be legalized and will be certainly decriminalized as the brand leader in the psychedelic space. I believe we're the, you know, the number one consumer facing psychedelic brand in the world. We've been approached by those countries where you can sell mushrooms and psilocybin, Jamaica, Netherlands, other places. People have approached us saying, can we license your name? Can we, can we license your product? And we're saying no right now because it's very important to protect this brand and to protect the ethos around this company. But one day, Clint, when the world changes, we're the guys who own the trademarks, have created the brands. So we want to create up amped up versions of our product. So the better question is, because we can, we'll figure out quickly where, where this product sits on a shelf yeah. in, the, in the months ahead. But one day, if, I'm not saying we're going to do anything necessarily, but if we have more amped up versions of this product, one day this might be, you know, it, 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 it might be um, in stores of its own. There are cannabis stores. There might be just psychedelic only stores. There might be psychedelic water stores out, out there. We're going to be opening up um, uh, a, a, a store in Times Square in 2022. That's our plan right now, at least. Uh, so we're going to figure these things out, but we're innovating here, pioneering. And sometimes when you do that, uh, you don't have all the answers right away. Yeah, and that's okay. I mean, when anytime you're cutting new ground, um, you know, you, obviously we know there's obstacles and, 
And like you said at the beginning, there's going to be people who are for it, against it, and then you just got to keep on making waves until you uh, until you get where you want to be. You're sounding a lot like more like an American than a Canadian, though. <laughs> Capitalism and uh, entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> we love the, we love those things in Canada too. <laughs> um, good stuff, man. Well, well, so where can people find this? Uh, psychedelic water is it how, where can we get it well if they're in la they can they can roll into a store somewhere but easiest way go to psychedelicwater.com psychedelicwater.com and you'll have your product in a couple of days but next year you'll, you'll see the product all over all over america but for now psychedelic water is the easiest simplest way to get it what's your ideal big box you know kind of I guess grocery store or what, what would be, where would you want this place? Is it like a whole foods or what are you guys thinking? Yeah, this, this product is not something we don't want to have it in, in, you know, every store in the world. While, while it's very important to have the brand out there to, as I said, normalize psychedelics, yeah. demystify. I don't want to be, you know, in, in every grocery aisle in the U S there's something sacred about our ingredients, about, our product and about what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So we, we just don't want to cheapen it. We want to be really selective. You know, an Air, Erewhon, yeah, and you mentioned Whole Foods and Trader Joe's and um, re- retailers that also stand for something and that get behind products that are important and are going to make the world better. And we, we think we're one of those products. Yeah. Well, man, sounds good. I can't wait to try it. Um, and before we, uh, yeah, so now I think it's time for your hypothetical survival scenario. Now, this is a tag team. So having two of you on here, you guys can talk out your, uh, your answers. So as you know, it's a, this is a survival show, but more in the terms of allowing our listeners to learn from our guest answers, and then they can debate it to themselves while they're driving down the road. I'm always curious, like how many people are yelling out loud at their, uh, at their, stereo or whatever they're streaming this through <laughs> on the answers but um uh we'll go ahead and get started you guys ready see if you can survive yep. this podcast more with keith and Brittany of psychedelic water after the break uh for this scenario you're both flying to a very small town northern ontario canada hmm interesting you have a case of samples of your uh psychedelic water what is your case do you have a case of them what do they come a dozen yeah, we, have a, six we, pack? We, have a, we have a six pack six pack look at you, you um okay and so you have that with you uh that you're taking to a distributor all right uh to get to your destination you must board a very small aircraft 10 person airplane it's one of those little puddle jumpers you know the little scary ones when there's turbulence you bounce all over the place uh when you board the aircraft you know there's only two other passengers plus the pilots all right so first question uh do you choose the seat closest to the front of the plane or choose the seats towards the rear of the plane a or b a i think a as well Mm -hmm. you want to be closest to the front of the plane yeah because that's where the that's where the exit is (laughs) <laughs> that is correct. Unfortunately, with these smaller aircraft, when you talk about aircraft, when they crash, it's the back end of an airplane that actually stays intact, like a high percentage of the time. 
Um, even with the hard landings and they crack in half, the rear of the plane usually stays intact while the front and the wings engulf in flames, which is usually by the doors. I like the door concept. I think you're wise on that. Um, but surviving and then just going out the big hole of the half of the plane uh, would be more ideal. And, and once again, this is based on statistics of the unknown. So <laughs> we go with B, but now we got you warmed up. Clint, can I tell you something? Yeah, sure. I would never go on a puddle jumper ever again in my life. Because, <laughs> and I'll, t I'll tell you why. And I've been in Northern Ontario. I've gone on those little planes. Yeah. But this is, a, it's, it, this is a, a sad, morbid story. But about, yeah, three like or, those. about three or four days before John Kennedy Jr. went down in his plane, yeah. he came to see me and we had a business meeting. We spent the day together. And I remember picking him up at the hangar and he got off his little plane and he had a, a, a cast on his foot. And he was on crutches and everything. And then he had a co-pilot, this kid who looked, I say a kid because the kid, he looked like he was 18 or 19 years old. I just couldn't believe this was John Kennedy flying in that sort of plane, that condition. It just, it, it just seemed a little bit amateurish to me and I didn't know how safe it was. But anyway, we had a great meeting and everything. Then we drove back to the hangar and John said, um, I'm flying back to New York, but if you, if you want to come for a spin, I said, not a chance. And there was, and there was, and there was, and I had no idea that there was going to be a problem a couple of days later, but there was someone else from New York in our meeting. And John said, why don't you fly back with me? And I said to this lady, Leslie, I said, Leslie, I flew you here for this meeting. I'm flying you back commercially, not going on that plane. Um, and she still thanks me to this day for that. But I have that terrible thing. He was one of the greatest guys ever. Um, and I know that can happen in a big plane or, or a small plane. But I just don't like those puddle jumpers scare me for that reason. And I think uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'd ever feel or people should ever feel as safe on those planes as they do on, on, on larger commercial aircraft. Wow. That's pretty interesting that you were hanging with them that day and you chose not to get on the plane. You know, you, you, so you, by the way, you've been on as a, as a SEAL, you've been on a zillion small planes, big planes. Are you comfortable on those little, on those little puddle jumpers? Yeah, I mean, I also got my pilot's license. So, you know, one thing about, you know, anything with wings, as long as it has forward speed is really the most important thing, right? So if there's that forward speed, then there's lift. If there's lift, then you fly. Um, and on the smaller planes, you know, believe it or not, you can, you can glide them to safety. Now the turbulence sucks, right? I learned how to fly there in San Diego and you'll go out, you know, towards the mountains and it's, probably the most turbulent place to learn how to fly. Um, but at the same time, those little planes also can handle it. You know, it's it's pretty incredible. Whereas if you had some jet with uh, that, re that relies on massive thrusts and doesn't have as much of a wingspan, when those things lose power, you know, they're, they're basically nosedive. Um, but I like the small planes because proportionally their thrust to lift uh, makes them kind of like a glider when there is no engine running. But anyway, that's a little off tangent. <laughs> so, but I but I find it interesting that, uh, you know, you were hanging out with them and chose not to get on the plane and uh, now here you sit today, which is good. Um, okay, so you guys, uh, um, we'll back into the scenario. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you grab your seats to the rear of the plane uh, and it takes off. You take out your laptops and you get some work done while you're on the flight. Uh, while you're in the air, you feel extreme turbulence. Uh, the pilot 
lets everyone know that, hey, you know, we're experiencing some turbulence, so go ahead and, uh, you know, put everything away, um, fasten your seatbelts. And by the way, this pilot sounds kind of nervous. So uh, do you A, tighten your seatbelts and stop working and put away the laptop uh, and secure everything, or B, just tighten the seatbelts and keep on working? Really I would I would go with A. I listen to whoever's in charge in the <laughs> scenario, and I'm going to do whatever they say. Yeah, so. <laughs> good answer. Um, yeah, given the roughness of the turbulence and the the fact that the pilot sounds nervous, you know, yeah. if a pilot is nervous. You should definitely be nervous because you know they're flying all the time and they're experiencing turbulence. You know, every other flight. So, uh, yeah, it's a good idea to just listen to them and put mm -hmm. your stuff away. Um, make sure your shoes or boots are put on, make sure they're nice and tight uh, and generally be prepared for worst case scenario, right? Um, mm -hmm. So you put your laptop and stuff away and lucky for you, you did because now the next thing you hear is uh, over the announcement is uh, everybody prepare for impact. Um, you do brace and now the plane um, basically is just kind of hit the side of a mountain. Okay. And luckily you're both still breathing. Okay. So we're not going to go into this. It was a, it was a, it was kind of like, I just, we'll call it a hard impact landing into the side of a mountain. Okay. Um, so do you a get the hell away from the plane as quickly as possible or B uh, stay put and assess your injuries? It starts to get a little more difficult. I'm getting, I, I'm, I'm checking for my, anyone I can help, but I'm getting away as far away as I can for fear of explosion. There you go. Good answer. I like the way you guys are tag teaming this. A is correct. You need to get away from the crash because as you mentioned, fuel, fumes, spark, none of those things go together very well. Um, and 30% of the people who survive a plane crash uh, end up dying after the crash because of smoke, fire, fuel inhalation, all that kind of stuff, right? So if you're ambulatory, get away as soon as possible. Um, so you get about 250 feet away. Uh, then Keith notices pain coming from his arm. You know, he looks down and he realizes that his right arm is broken, okay? It's a compound fracture and it's bleeding pretty bad, right? Compound meaning you can see bones sticking out of your arm. Uh, so do you A, go back to the wreckage for supplies or B, address the injury and the bleeding right there on the spot? I'm on the spot. <laughs> on the spot, correct. Assess your injury. Get it, you know, you've got to do whatever you can right there on the spot. Going back to the plane is just potentially adding uh, another risk that you don't need. Um, so you address the wound, and the next thing you know, you hear someone calling out for help. Do you A, run to the aircraft site and check for survivors, or B, call back to them, try to communicate and get information like, where they are and if they're hurt. Communicate. Yes, B, communicate. <laughs> There's no sense going running in the direction of danger uh, if you don't really know where to run to begin with. So assessing the situation from a safe distance is always the best move. You need to gather that intelligence and by doing it from a safe location is always best, right? So you assess the situation before rushing in. Once you have done this, you both uh, head to the scene and find this passenger. Their legs are pinned, okay? They do not appear to have any other injuries. They are just complaining about their legs. 
um, this person in the wreckage, uh, you know, this person is in the wreckage and it's starting to kind of smoke, you know, um, do you a pull them out or B leave them in place <laughs> as the smoke starts to bellow? It's got to be a, yeah, I would pull them out. <laughs> okay. You're nice people, really nice people. <laughs> um, yeah. While it's commonly said, moving someone who's, you know, in that kind of condition is bad in that situation, you have no other choice, but to move them. Right. You don't have time to sit there and think about, oh, we need to put them in like C-spine or, you know, if the legs are pinned, you know, what is that going to do their future capability of walking and running or, you know, any kind of movement later. So yes, good, good answer. Just grab them and go. Um, and plus you don't want them to burn to death. You don't want to be responsible for that because uh, then you'll just be depressed and you'll be just drinking psychedelic water 24 seven to try and, you know, get out of that depression. <laughs> um, so the two of you pick them up and you get them moving out of there. Uh, you get the injured person back to where they originally fled, where you originally fled to. And then looking back towards the crash, you see the pilot, okay? The pilot is pinned and unresponsive. The smoke is getting even thicker and the flames are growing rapidly. Do you A, go back and try and, and get the pilot or B, gather any supplies you can before anything else goes up in flames? What a terrible, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's, a, that's a no win answer. So I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, now you got to start looking out for yourself. He is unconscious. You know, he may not feel a thing. Heck, you don't even know if he's alive or dead. I mean, you know, I don't know. Just, uh, what, what do you think here? Brittany, are you A or B? Are you saving the guy? Or I mean, I guess I have to leave him <laughs> and grab yeah. the supplies. No. Yeah. Okay. There you go. B. Yes. I, I mean, in this world, it's hypothetical, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yes, you, uh, you gather the supplies because the scenario goes down a certain path and you, you kind of have to grab the grab the supplies for the path of your scenario. Uh, cause this is a tough one, but you've assessed and you know, with the smoke and the fire, it's just, it's not a good idea to put yourself in that much of uh, danger. Uh, with only about really 30 seconds to work with. And it's going to take a lot more than 30 seconds to get this, uh, get this person out of there. Um, so this is the difference between one dead and four dead at the end of the day. Um, so sadly, you gather supplies instead, and the pilot uh, basically goes up in smoke. That's horrible. But, you know, it's how this goes. Um, you get the supplies and you get back to the per get back uh, to the person you saved in the wreckage before it goes up in flames. Do you A, uh, start to search for water or B, start making a fire? Fire. Fire. Yes. And why? Why do you think fire is important? Northern Ontario, you'll freeze to death. <laughs> exactly. You know it better than any of us. Um, <laughs> stable, 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 stabilize things. And then once once uh, everything's stabilized, go and and get those necessities. That's right. That's right. You got to go into kind of survival mode, and uh, it's uh, it's getting colder by the minute. And this person may go into shock. Right? You think about loss of blood; it makes hypothermia even easier to kick in. Uh, so now it's been about two days, and still no rescuers have shown up. Uh, luckily, in the supplies you've gathered before everything burned up, you have a map. Okay. 
The map shows a river one mile to the west and a road 10 miles to the north. Do you A, head to the road that's 10 miles away or B, the river that's one mile away? Very tricky. Brittany, I'm, just, I'm the road too. Yeah. Road? Water sound great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the river is closer. Uh, and that's probably the answer we're looking for because of injuries, really, at the end of the day. 10 miles over that terrain uh, to a road uh, versus going to the river and following it down to wherever it may go. You know, it it's really, it's a, it, that one's a tough one too. You know, that's kind of like- Is that know, a crapshoot though, Clint? Because the, the river could be a, a 30 mile journey to get anywhere. It could. But the river could just carry you, whereas, you know, 10 miles over that terrain could turn into days and days. As you know, I mean, it can take a full day to go over, you know, uh, one or two miles of mountain terrain, you know, depending on if you're if you're having to, you know, basically break a path, you know, uh, or it's just too many unknowns, too many variables. But for this, we're going to put you on a river because yeah. <laughs> the river is closer and it's the answer we're looking for okay. um and for one you'll need water you know to uh for your trek and drinking water is one of the more important things uh even in you know cold icy scenarios also rivers uh lead to populations nearby and often lead to populated areas um yeah so you are now uh an hour into your journey when you hear a helicopter overhead um you are in uh, dense vegetation, meaning, you know, they, the helicopter just can't see you, you know, down on the ground because there's a canopy over top. So question, A, do you rush to find a clearing or B, try to start a fire as quickly as possible? Fire. Fire. Yeah, because by the time you get to the clearing, the helicopter is going to be long gone. And even though maybe a fire is going to take you a little bit to start, um, that smoke that you create can be seen for miles and miles away. Whereas you as this little pen on the ground is very difficult to see even in a clearing. Um, but, you know, two answers there. So you guys got uh, eight out of 10 correct. So you have survived this podcast. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> and even though, even though some of our scenarios are debatable, our answers are always the right ones. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, hey, I man, you guys have a good thing going. I appreciate you coming on board this podcast. It's been awesome. And, you know, let's find out your points of contact. Where can we, uh, where can we learn more about you guys and find you guys? Yeah, so if you want to buy the product, it's psychedelicwater.com. You can buy anything off of our website. Also follow us on Instagram, psychedelic underscore water. And we're also on TikTok. Make sure you follow us there. We create um, pretty cool videos and we have a lot of our followers creating really cool content that we always upload. Uh, we love our followers and we hope to get this product out there and everyone needs to try it. All right. Psychedelic yeah. water. I'm looking forward to trying it out myself. Keith, any yeah. last words? Yeah, I just want to mention, um, Brittany is a truly psychedelic person also, Clint. She's a model. She's a skateboarder. She's a yoga instructor. She's spreading the psychedelic gospel. So we're very lucky to have Brittany. Uh, DM us on Instagram if you want to reach any of us, if you want to reach me or Keith at psychedelicwater.com.
All right. Well, hey, thanks again for coming on the show. And like I always say, keep it simple because crisis will complicate the rest. Until next time, be safe out there. Can You Survive This Podcast is a production of Calvary Audio and iHeartMedia. Recorded live from a secure location here in Dallas, Texas. Produced by Brandon Morgan, Jeff Apple, and Clint Emerson. Executive produced by Keegan Rosenberger and Dana Brunetti. For Calvary Audio, I'm Clint Emerson. <laughs>